You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That was incredible. Boy, for three quarters, it did not seem like this would be a special night at Toyota Center. The Rockets, the undermanned Rockets, without Chris Paul, Trevor Reza, and Eric Gordon. We'll get to all of that throughout the program. Facing off against a not particularly good Orlando Magic team in a closer game than expected at Toyota Center. But, boy, with James Harden setting the all-time franchise scoring record, it was a special, special night. On that note, welcome to a joyous post-game episode of Locked on Rockets. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, Rockets correspondent with Sports Talk 790. What an incredible evening it was. As we said, the Rockets went into it shorthanded. No Trevor Ariza, no Chris Paul. The Ariza injury, a hamstring strain, not quite as serious as James Harden, they said, so probably a grade one. Chris Paul, right, growing soreness. I think they probably thought against an Orlando team that's not especially good, they could get through it without him. But unfortunately, when you don't have Chris Paul, you have to lean especially hard on Eric Gordon. As it turned out, within 10 minutes, Eric Gordon left with back tightness. And with the Rockets facing a very tough four-game road trip, leading with San Antonio and Cleveland, you, you can't take any chances. So they shut it down with Eric, and all of a sudden, the Rockets were thrust into a situation where even against an Orlando team that's not that good, and without Eric Gordon, the Rockets suddenly had a seven-man rotation. The only guys off the bench they could trust were P.J. Tucker and Nene, really no one at the guard spots outside of James and Gerald Green. And when the Rockets needed him most, James Harden, in 46 minutes, a franchise record 60 points, set on a four-point play with a minute left, with the Rockets only up by two at the time. It was very much needed. The four-point play, not only did it set the record, it won the game. If you want a James Harden MVP case, that's it. Not only did he hit the shot for the record, it also did it as the Rockets won the game. So these are not empty numbers. He did it to lead the Rockets to a win in a game in which they were heavily undermanned, even against an Orlando team that, again, is not especially good. All of a sudden, if you don't have Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, and Eric Gordon combined, that is 51 points and nearly uh, nearly 13 rebounds and assists per game. That's a lot of production the Rockets were missing tonight. And even against an Orlando team that's not good, all of a sudden you play an Orlando team that knows they have a shot with the Rockets limited by the injuries. The Magic, to their credit, shot 15 of 31, over 48% from behind the arc. And this was dangerous. And this was the game that would have been completely excusable if the Rockets lost. Yet James Harden did not let them lose it. Again, not just the 60 points, which he had for the record, but 11 assists, 10 rebounds. Yes, he got the all-important triple-double, which according to some in NBA media is probably more important than the scoring record and the win, but I digress. The bottom line, 60 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. That's just off-the-charts production, accounting for just historic numbers, I believe close to 90 points, one of the finest games of his career, even against an Orlando team that at 14 and 35, certainly not setting any records, but for the Rockets, when you consider their limitations, only seven bodies that they could trust after the Eric Gordon injury. For the Rockets to get this win, they're sixth of seven since James Harden returned to the lineup from a grade two hamstring strain. By the way, what's more impressive about this, James Harden did this, it's only been four months, I mean four weeks, excuse me, and two days since he returned from a grade two hamstring strain. A grade two hamstring is typically four to six weeks just to return period and start even playing 15 to 20 minutes. 
It is incredible that James is even out there. It's on the short end of the timetable. If you had said when James Harden had a grade 2 hamstring diagnosis on January 1st that he would return by the end of the month, for him to even return and be playing 20 minutes per game, that would have been ahead of schedule. For him to return, play play within two and a half weeks, and now, just after four weeks, play 46 minutes, because in the absence of Chris Paul and Eric Gordon, there's really no one they can trust at the guard spots. They don't even have Bobby Brown anymore for that veteran backup point guard spot, although they do plan to re-sign him in the weeks ahead. For James Harden to play 46 minutes, including 36 points in the second half, we thought it was incredible. He had 24 in the first half, but we wondered, could it linger in the second half when he was going to be asked to play just a superhuman workload, could not rest a single minute if the Rockets wanted to get this game against an Orlando team that shot out of their minds, and he didn't just sustain his level of play, he got even better, and again, finalized it with a four-point play with a minute left in a two-point game to get 60 points, set the all-time franchise scoring record previously held by Calvin Murphy at at 57, and by the way, Calvin, now an analyst for AT&T Sportsnet, appropriately responded with a standing ovation. Calvin is all class, he is all rockets, he is incredibly happy to see James Harden get that mark as James continues his ascent up the Mount Rushmore of Rockets greats. But what's most important about this, the Rockets needed all of this from James, not just to set the record, but to get the win. And what's most incredible about James this season, and even compared to last season, I think it sets him apart, and I do think it's why he's going to get the MVP award, it's why he's the MVP frontrunner at this point in time by a long shot, and it's why I do think he is going to win the award this time, in addition to all the metrics, in addition to all the stat heads, all the things that show him as clearly the most valuable player in terms of wins above replacement, all of the statistics, in addition to all the stuff that your head tells you, he is owning the key moments as well. Those swing plays when casual NBA fans and even media members say, wow, that defines a season. That swing at the end of the Warriors game to take two out of three to secure the season series with a three right in Steph Curry's grill and then rejecting Steph Curry on the other end, that was a defining sequence. Now this, not only setting the all-time record, 19 of 30 from the field for 60 points, but getting it with a four-point play with a minute left. That's the kind of special moment that even a year ago, I'm not sure James had. A year ago, the one, even as a staunch Harden MVP backer, the one thing that I would say that Russell Westbrook owned a year ago, he had the moments. He had the 50-point triple-double, the 35-footer at the buzzer to beat Denver. For all that James had in, in terms of substance, Westbrook had the flash. And of course, he all did it in the aftermath of losing Kevin Durant. This year for James Harden, not only are his metrics where they've always been, and in some cases better, despite the NBA putting in just a ridiculous continuation rule that seems to work against him more often than not, despite all of that, he is delivering not just as good as ever, I would say better than ever, and in terms of the moments, he is owning more of them late in games than ever before. If there was one critique you could lay on James Harden last year, it was during the regular season, he was not especially good late in clutch situations. And fortunately, the Rockets were a very good team, 155 games, they did not have that many of those situations. But this year, he's taken it to another level. Maybe the presence of Chris Paul, although he didn't even have that tonight, has helped him. But in addition to all the stats throughout the balance of 48 games, or 48 minutes and 82 games, I should say, although he'll come up a little bit short of 82 this year because of the hamstring injury that forced him to miss seven. But 
despite the 82-game grind and what happens for 48 minutes every night, he is also owning key moment after key moment. And in my opinion, that's what you saw tonight in the fourth quarter. Folks, I don't care who you're playing. These are NBA basketball players, and especially if they're hitting 50% of their threes. They're getting confident. The Rockets did not exactly have an offense that had that many options with the likes of Gerald Green, Ryan Anderson, there's a lot of one-trip ponies out there. Offensively, certainly P.J. Tucker gave them some valuable minutes on the defensive end, but even P.J. Tucker, Luke Bamute, there's a lot of one-trip ponies out there for the Rockets on offense, very little in the way of creating. So in terms of how the Rockets are going to initiate their offense, it was James Harden and James Harden. And I don't care who you're playing against, that workload can get pretty difficult. So to see James not only continue his level of play, but get even better and get his team this win, it's incredible. There's so many storylines. Certainly, Elevate his play late, hit the four-point play with a minute left to push it from two to six. But boy, throughout the game, I think what might impress me most, we mentioned he was 19 of 30 from the field. Well, folks, he was only 5 of 14 from three. And I say only 5 of 14. That's certainly mid-30s. That's not a bad percentage. But when you're 19 of 30 overall and 5 of 14 from three, that tells you that he was 14 of 16 from inside the arc. Also got fouled a number of times, went to the free throw line 18 times, made 17 of those. So when you're 17 of 18 from the line, you're 14 of 16 from inside the arc, it's not like James just got hot from three and was feeling it. He was attacking, also had 11 assists. That shows you that it's not just a hot night, although certainly it was for James. In addition to that, he is feeling like himself. And I know some of you are probably tired of me saying it by now, but for four weeks out from a grade two hamstring pull, that is simply remarkable to have him not just playing, but playing 46 minutes and being springy enough to shoot 14 of 16 inside the arc. That means attacking the rim with vigor, with consistency, also 11 assists, just a truly historic performance. Again, 60 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. The stats speak for themselves, but in addition to all of that, to make the plays off the bounce despite the enormous workload by the end of the game. Yes, the magic word double-teaming him on a semi-regular basis. And despite all those hurdles thrown in front of him and the fact that undoubtedly the hamstring was getting a little tight late in the game after playing just an absurd, ridiculous workload for him to finish with 60, 11, and 10, including the dagger three to set the Rockets' single-game franchise scoring record and put the game away, moving the Rockets to 36 and 13, that's an MVP moment just as much as the Steph Curry shot was a couple of weeks ago, even though this wasn't the Warriors. When you consider the context of this game and, of course, the franchise single-game scoring record, it's another one of those moments in a special, special year for James Harden. And why I truly believe James is going to win it this year, that's the difference. It's in the past, James has always had the thinking man's vote. The stats are there. You can't deny his overall impact. But if there's one thing that in the two years he's finished a close second to Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook that you could throw out there, Curry with his particular style, especially earlier in his career based on the sheer novelty of it, and then Westbrook last year without Durant, the reckless abandon at which he was playing with, the dominance late in games, even if Oklahoma City and Russell's, for that matter, underachieving over the first 40 minutes or so of a game, put them in a position to be in more close games and need digging out, need saving even if those are true statements, at the same time, there were those moments for Russell. And for whatever reason, even if the Rockets were better over the first 42 minutes, James did not have those. Now, in addition to all the regular things that James has 
at his disposal when it comes to his value. He has those moments more than I have ever seen him have in a single season. And that, to me, makes a clear and compelling case that he is this year's MVP for a Rockets team that is now 36-13 and on the year, despite extended time off by Chris Paul. Clint Capella's missed a number of games. They've only had their starting lineup for 17 games this year, and they played 49. Essentially, they've only had the starting lineup for a third of the games, and yet they're still 36-13, and 13, the clear number two, no one even close to them in terms of the other 13 or so teams in the West, and they're only down three games in the loss column to the Warriors with the tiebreaker for the one seed. So by any standard, you slice it. It's a phenomenal season for James Harden and the Rockets, and now you throw in these types of moments on top of everything else, Having mentioned, in addition to 60, 11, and 10, he had four steals. He was making plays defensively as well, which is something if you've watched the Rockets on a regular basis, he's done ever since he came back from the injury. It's just incredible to watch. Breathtaking, a spectacular night out of what through three quarters felt like just a sleepy game, lethargic. You were hoping for the Rockets to scratch out a win, and it turned out to be one of the more memorable ones of the entire season, thanks to one James Harden, the clear MVP frontrunner of the NBA. And folks, I can think of only one way it could be even more memorable, and that's if you had started James Harden in your fantasy league over at Draft. That's right, folks. It's about to be Wednesday, so that means that the fine folks over at the Draft app and Draft.com, there are sponsors for today's program. And folks, just imagine what your points would have been if you had started James Harden with his 60, 11, and 10 night with four steals. And folks, if you want to take advantage of James playing like this, if you want to put your money where your mouth is and make some money off of the NBA, Folks, draft is the best place to do that because your odds are 80% better than playing on rival rival salary cap sites. That's why draft is my favorite fantasy site. You're not getting crushed by the pros anymore. And folks, it's not just me. More than a million people have also downloaded the draft app or played at draft.com. It's so simple. You can play in a real live draft right now, be done in under five minutes, and get paid out the next day. You've got a regular Lockdown Fantasy Draft where you can play with our Lockdown Network hosts and listeners. And also every Wednesday, that means tomorrow, we will have a draft in the afternoon. I'll put it out on our Twitter feed for Lockdown Rockets listeners exclusively where you guys can play with me. But even if that does not suit your timetable, folks, drafts fill out every second and you can join one whenever you want. All new players get free entry into a real money draft. That's the real perk of this when you make your first deposit just by using the promo code LORockets. That's right, you get to play in a real money draft for free just by using that LO Rockets promo code. Even better than that, Draft is so sure that you will like their service that they will give you a locked they will give Lockdown Rockets listeners a money back guarantee of up to one hundred dollars just by using their service. So folks, just search for Draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now with me by using that promo code. LO Rockets. When you make your initial deposit, they will give you a $3 ticket, which you can use to try for free. And if you are dissatisfied for any reason, again, they've got that money-back guarantee for Locked on Rockets listeners of up to $100. That's how confident you are that you're going to like it. And spoiler alert, if you had played James Harden in your draft league tonight, hopefully some of you guys did, and gotten to take advantage of his 60, 11, and 10 night with four seals, yeah, you would have liked it. Now, as we continue through our three points recap of tonight's Rockets game, a 114-107 win over the Orlando Magic, Rockets improving 236-13 on the year through 49 games. We spoke a lot about what James Harden had to do because of the injuries, because without Chris Paul, without Trevor Ariza, without Eric Gordon, you're missing 51 points per night and close to 13 rebounds and 13 assists per night. That's a phenomenal total. Let's just be honest about that. 
And I don't think it was by design. The Trevor Ariza injury, again, we heard before the game, not as severe as Harden's, which was a grade two. Sounds like that's a grade one. That's the good news. So that's probably a 7-10 to 10 day injury, although they might hold him out a little bit longer just because he's 32 years old. The same way you'd be a little bit overly cautious with Chris Paul, who's 32 years old. And Chris Paul sat out even after saying he's good, he's fine, he's cool after Sunday. Sat out tonight with, with right groin soreness. And I think that's because they figured, especially with a four-game road trip coming up, led off by games at San Antonio and at Cleveland, they figured, hey, you can sit Chris tonight, be okay, as long as you have James, Eric, and Clint against an Orlando team that's not especially good, we mentioned 14 and 35 on the year, and then have Chris back for those two games, San Antonio and Cleveland, to start that dawning four-game road trip. Well, as luck would have it, they declared Chris inactive, and then it turned out that Eric Gordon tweaked his back, went out after just 10 minutes, and by that point, of course, you can't bring Chris Paul back in the game. My guess, Chris Paul probably plays tonight if they had advanced knowledge of what was going on, with Eric Gordon, but unfortunately, sometimes you don't have that luxury. Sometimes things happen within the game, and you just have to adjust. The good news, James Harden did that tonight, and they were able to mitigate the absence, even with, again, the combined 51 points per night and nearly 13 assists and 13 rebounds per night between Chris Paul, Trevor Reza, and Eric Gordon. Now, going forward, because it's a hamstring that's notoriously a tricky injury, I do not expect Trevor Reza back, at least for the first two games of this road trip, which is what everybody's concerned about, nationally televised games against San Antonio and Cleveland. Chris Paul, I do expect him back. I think, honestly, he certainly would have played tonight if it was a playoff game, and I think even if they had been fully aware of what was going on with Eric Gordon, I think they probably would have played him. I mean, they might have kept him to about 25 minutes, the same way they did Sunday, but I don't think it's anything that anyone's especially worried about. They thought tonight it was a break in the schedule, and with Eric healthy and playing relatively well the past couple of games, it felt like a good night to give Chris the night off. Unfortunately, circumstances intervened, and the Rockets were in a desperate spot, and it took a superhuman night from James Harden, especially when the Magic shot a ridiculous 48% from behind the arc. But, incredibly, uh, James was able to deliver 60-11-10. The Rockets got the win, and it's not going to cost them in the standings. The upside is that Chris Paul returns on Thursday. In all likelihood, he went through a hard workout today, according to Mike D'Antoni. I do believe that one is a relatively minor injury in the grand scheme. Again, I think he absolutely could have played through it if this were a regular situation, not the Orlando Magic on a Tuesday night with the Spurs and Cavs on the road looming in just a couple of days. Eric Gordon, it's day by day, the same way any back injury is. And I'm sure they're being a little cautious, as they said. These are the dog days. Uh, of the calendar. Everyone understands that. In late January in the NBA, and almost to the All-Star break, they're all kind of just lagging a bit. But Eric, with a back injury, unless it's extremely minor and extremely early, and if you want a silver lining, I do think it's early. We saw him on the peeing pad on the bench, which doesn't tell you much. But my guess is that if they had a strong suspicion of something being wrong before the game, they probably would have pushed Chris to play a little bit more, even if he's limited to 25 minutes, just because of the obvious minutes crunch. I tend to believe, uh, based on holding Chris out with a relatively minor injury, that it was something that flared up a little bit more during the game. They said before, according to Mike Antonio in the postgame comments, Eric had some tightness before they decided to give it a go. Once he came out, he couldn't go back in. It sounds like that Eric got loose, he was fine, they thought that he would be able to play through it. Once he went to the bench, he wasn't able to get it loose again. And in general, I think, I, I think this was one in which the Rockets thought they could buy Chris a night off, and that whatever was going on with Eric was minor enough that 
you could use this in the maintenance game for Chris, and you could lean on Eric the way you've done for so much of this year. As it turns out, the Rockets were a little bit surprised, probably Eric as well, with it not just being a routine, you know, we all have stiff backs from time to time when we wake up, and a little more serious, as it turned out, it says once he came out, he couldn't go back in. As often happens, you might loosen up and you're fine, but then when you sit down, then all of a sudden, that's when it tightens. It seems like that's what happened to Eric on the bench, and so I think that caught the Rockets off guard. The downside is that back injuries, again, it could be early, and I'm sure they'll be given around-the-clock treatment, but that's the kind of injury it's hard to see resolving within a couple of days. So as far as Thursday in San Antonio, almost certainly Trevor Rizzo won't play grade one, even if it's that, hamstring, that's seven to ten days. Chris Paul, I feel pretty confident he will. Eric Gordon, I would lean to know. We'll have to see. It's going to be a day-by-day injury, but back injuries are notoriously tricky. I would be a little bit surprised. I think maybe Saturday against Cleveland, that nationally televised ABC game, was a more realistic target for Eric. And the Spurs, even though they're quite a ways back of the Rockets now, I'm sure the Rockets would still love to get that win. Another nationally televised game, I'm sure it would be another feather in James Harden's MVP cap. Although maybe with all these guys out, it's even a better case for him to, uh, to mount if he's able to get that win against the very team that stymied him in the playoffs last year. But in general, looking at the injuries, I think all of them are minor. That's the good news. The Rockets are limited tonight. Well, it's by injuries. It's not like you could really expect them to play that much better against an Orlando team that admittedly not good. If the Rockets are playing just seven players, well, folks, there are going to be limitations, especially when Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, those are two French all-star level players. And then you also have Trevor Reza combined 51, 13, and 13 almost of production average on a nightly basis. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Thankfully, the Rockets were able to persevere and get this one. And the other good news, none of these injuries, I think, are something that you're going to be sweating about even at the All-Star break, let alone down the stretch of the year. They're all manageable. Unfortunately, this week, it is going to get tougher. San Antonio and Cleveland, my guess, Chris Paul plays. Ariza does not. Eric Gordon, probably about as 50-50 as it gets, but I would lean slightly to not playing on the front end, just because it's a back injury. My guess is they're a little more cautious with that. And then hopefully by Saturday in Cleveland, the showdown against everyone's favorite off-season target, LeBron James. Maybe that's when you bring Eric back and you have, other than Trevor, as close to a full-strength supporting cast as you can. Now that's the injury update, which, besides James Harden's otherworldly 60, 11, and 10, was the story of tonight's game. Believe it or not, though, the supporting cast, there were some stories besides James having 60, 11, and 10, and the guys who were not playing. No one had a game that just stood out and was eye-popping. Ryan Anderson did have 10 points. It's his first time having back-to-back double-figure games at home since late November. That speaks to the lull he's been in. 3 of 5 from the field, 2 of 3 from behind the arc. So, yeah, 60% overall, 66% from 3. Hey, for Ryan, that's an incredible night, even on limited volume. Luke Bamute, 8 points, 2 of 6 shooting, 39 minutes. They had to lean on him a lot in the absence of your guards, Eric Gordon and Chris Paul. Nene off the bench, 4 points, 2 of 4 shooting. P.J. Tucker in his 36 minutes, 9 points, 3 boards. But he was 3 of 5 from 3, had a couple of big ones in there, and had an enormous rebound late in the game before that hardened dagger 4-point play. Gerald Green had 11 points in 32 minutes. They ended up needing him to play pretty much the entire second half as well. Not exactly as efficient as he was before legs started to maybe give out on him a little bit. 4 of 11 from the field, so he hasn't exactly been as hot as he was to start his Rockets career. But he has been able to get up higher, finished an alley-oop tonight. Maybe that's 
a sign that he's getting this second wind underneath him a little bit? We'll have to see because certainly I would think at the very least without Trevor reason, possibly without Eric Gordon and Chris Paul, even if he does return, my guess probably on a slight minutes limitation, mid-20s, you're going to see more of Eric Gordon. So he'll get plenty more opportunities to see if he can continue building that three-point stroke. Tonight, 11.6 rebounds, more than that, and Sherlock's able to eat minutes from them. None of those guys were dynamic defensively. Certainly having to play both Ryan Anderson and Gerald Green at the same time was costly because it's one of those things. You can play with one perimeter deficiency in terms of keeping a man in front of you. Playing with two simultaneously, it gets tough. Unfortunately, the Rockets with such limited bodies, uh, they were in a tough spot where you had to throw two of those guys out there for long stretches, including the fourth quarter. There wasn't a whole lot they could do about it. Markel Brown, freshly called up today. Theoretically, he was active, but my guess is they would like him to get through a practice before they throw him in a game. Maybe that happens tomorrow, depending on what the status of Eric Gordon and Chris Paul is. The one guy I have not mentioned who had a subtle, under-the-radar big game tonight was Clint Capella. 12 points, 13 boards, 3 blocks in his 30 minutes. And he was not as crisp as you would think. 6 of 14 from the field for the NBA's leading shooters by percentage, shooting below 50%. That's not especially good, and give the Magic some credit. Mo Spates, 17 points, 5 boards. Biombo, 8 and 6. For whatever reason, the Magic Spigs were very spry tonight, and laugh all you want about a 30-year-old Mo Spates. He was active tonight. He was engaged. Biombo was a different speaker on the interior when he was in there. There weren't that many easy shots for Clint right at the rim. But this was a game he kept coming, and even though the offense did not really go that smoothly for him, I thought he was a, either a touch sluggish, maybe he didn't quite have his legs. At the same time, 13 rebounds, 3 blocks, and 30 minutes. First off, the 30 minutes. That's big because we know the indictment of Clint throughout his career has been, can he play regular minutes when you needed to? Well, tonight, with a 7-man rotation, you didn't have any bodies, period. You had to lean on him for at least 30. He gave you that. Secondly, if the offense is not there for him, if he's not able to score at his usual efficiency, is he going to provide you enough value on the defensive end of the floor? And to give you three blocks, 13 rebounds, also of the 13 rebounds, five of them were on offense. So even though the Rockets for the game, outside of James Harden, did not exactly have a banner shooting night, at the same time, they did get a lot of second chance opportunities. So that kept the Rockets relatively even with Orlando in terms of total field goal attempts. In terms of rebounds, the Rockets actually out-rebounded Magic 40-33. to And this was a quality game for Clint, not because it was one of his better games. It certainly was not, but it was a game in which, I've said this a couple of times in the past week, it hasn't exactly been an all-star stretch for Clint Capella. I wouldn't send this on his highlight reel if you're trying to say why he's deserving of a $20-plus million contract. But at the same time, I do think this past week has been encouraging for Clint Capella from the standpoint of, his B and C level game is much better than it was a year ago. And maybe maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's more fair to say that a year ago we didn't have, you know, a, close to an A game. Maybe it was too easy to go to a D or an F game. It's There's a lot of ways you could look at it. But the bottom line is he is not letting, when his offense is not there at its usual levels, if his bounce is not fully there, he's not getting the good roles offensively, Whatever it may be, maybe he doesn't think he's getting the calls. He did not even attempt a single free throw tonight, and that's coming off of January, in which he's averaging about four and a half per game. That's the most of any month in his career. So there's a lot of possibilities for why Clint did not have a banner night tonight, and it hasn't been the best week for him. But in the past, I think you've seen a lot more volatility in Clint's performances, in which you had a game like this for him, and maybe he checks out. 
Tonight, that wasn't really an option. Number one, you didn't have many bodies. Number two, Nene in his 13 minutes, again, four points, three rebounds, two or four shooting, but Nene made some fairly strange decisions, looked a step slow defensively. It was not a game, if you watched Nene on a regular basis, where he seemed like he was especially good. So the Rockets, Clint was not at his best tonight, but they had to lean on him. And even though he wasn't at his best, Clint found a way to still contribute. Again, 13 rebounds, five of them on offense, three blocks. He kept the energy up, even if maybe the lift wasn't there, the bounces weren't there, the calls weren't there. And ultimately, that's a good sign because last year, Clint had these games where the highs were very high, but you also had these incredible lows, as we mentioned, I believe, in uh, our post-game show on Sunday, like Game 3 and Game 4 in Oklahoma City in the postseason. Now what you're seeing is that even when Clint isn't all the way there in terms of his usual rhythm, boy, he is still able to contribute when it comes to defense, energy, minutes. He's not leaving the Rockets out to dry. That's the sign of a maturing player. That's the sign of a guy, in my opinion, that you can count on. So in addition to James Harden, if you had to figure out who's the number two Rocket tonight, boy, it's not like anybody really stood out. But I would go with Clint Capella just because, A, 12, 13, and 3, that's certainly not a bad topical stat line by any means. But B, it showed improvement in the very area that in the past I felt like he's lagged a lot in. So kudos to Clint, even on a knife that's all about James Harden and, by extension, the injuries, which forced James Harden to play so many minutes and shoot so many shots. It was under the radar, but I thought Clint Capella showed a little bit of growth as well. So let's give him some credit again for a 12, 13, and 3 night. And folks, as we wrap up this podcast, if you want one more positive note, I hope I'm not jinxing it when I say this. I mentioned earlier tonight that the Rockets were only down three games with the tiebreaker to the Golden State Warriors. As I record this podcast, folks, the Warriors are losing by 20 points with under 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter against the Jazz. Assuming there's no catastrophic collapse, folks, the Rockets are about to be within two games in the loss column of the Warriors with the tiebreaker. And folks, it's not as if the Jazz, 21 and 28, are an especially good team themselves either. So I think that goes to show you that any win in the NBA is valuable, even against Orlando at home. And then if you add in the losses that the Rockets had tonight, no Chris Paul, no Trevor Reza, Eric Gordon departing after 10 minutes with back tightness, it's the kind of win that only really good teams get, and kudos to the Rockets, led by James Harden's historic night, 60-11-10 franchise scoring record for digging deep and being able to get it. On that positive note, we will be able to leave things right there. I always like being able to leave things on a high note, and, well, it doesn't get much more high than Harden setting the single-game franchise scoring record for the Rockets, leading the Rockets to a win in which, yeah, it could have easily been a loss, and then gaining a game on the Warriors, it appears to hopefully move within just a couple of games of the Warriors in that win-loss column, uh, or in that loss column, I should say, in the battle for the number one seed in the Western Conference. So, folks, if you want to follow me on a more regular basis, the best place to do that is on Twitter. We've had a couple of shows today. If you haven't listened to our earlier one, please do. We had an episode on the Blake Griffin trade, the fallout, why I think that says a little bit more about the Rockets, not just short-term in terms of playoff uh, options, but long-term, what it says about Chris Paul and his potential playoff production. We had that earlier today. So, yes, we do a great job, or we try to do a great job, I should say. I always like to remain modest, if we can, here at Lockdown Rockets with daily coverage. But if you want to hear from us more 
regularly than that. Twitter is the best place to do so. I'm at Ben DuBose. The show is at Lockdown Rockets. You can also communicate with us, facebook.com slash Lockdown Rockets, LockdownRockets.com, or subscribing to our various platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Megaphone. Just search wherever you listen to your podcast for Lockdown Rockets. That's where you can subscribe to us. Leave us a five-star review. That's how we remain viable to advertisers, just as our great friends and sponsors over at the Draft app are today. Remember, download that Draft app or go to draft.com and use the promo code LORockets. And from there, you can get a free $3 ticket when you make your initial deposit to try the Draft service for free. And folks, just imagine how much money you would have gotten if you started the amazing James Harden tonight. So, yeah, if you need some incentive to uh, try the service, boy, think about playing James Harden the next time the Rockets are in action, which is Thursday evening in San Antonio. Also, don't forget our email address, lockedinrockets at gmail.com. You've got questions for me, suggestions for the show, or advertising inquiries about how you can, be, can become a sponsor of this rapidly growing show, just as Draft was today. Our email address, LockedOnRockets.com, or LockedOnRockets at gmail.com, excuse me. Boy, I'm tired. It's been a long day, a two-podcast day with a historic game in between. But yeah, LockedOnRockets at gmail.com is the best way you can uh, get a hold of me if you want to ask any longer questions than what you can fire off on your Twitter and its 280-character limit. Anyway, on that note, I think it's pretty clear that uh, I've had about enough podcasting for today, so I will leave things right there. Once again, the very happy final from Geoda Center, Rockets 114, Magic 107, Rockets now 36-13 and 13 on the year, have won 6 of 7 since the return of James Harden, who, by the way, had 60 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds tonight. Just a phenomenal night in what continues to be a banner MVP frontrunner season for James. So on that note, folks, enjoy your evenings, and I will be talking to you again very soon. Remember, Rocket Spurs, Thursday night. We'll have it all covered here at Locked on Rockets, your home for daily coverage of Houston Rockets basketball. Until then, folks, have a good evening, and we'll be talking again soon right here at Locked on Rockets.